and a very good evening to you all. You're welcome to another Sunday School, another episode of our Sunday School podcast session. And the topic before us today is Who is a Pharisee? For the sake of this class, I'd like for us to quickly understand that the answer to a question such as this can only be spiritual than it could ever be physical. The question as to who or what a Pharisee is goes deeper than what meets the physical eyes. It is important to state that a man is not a Pharisee because he was born in Israel. Neither is he a Pharisee because he is of a Jewish ancestry. What constitutes a Pharisaic attitude or identity in a man has to do with the Adamic nature. And as a result of that, everyone born of Adam suffers from such a situation or from such a, a shortcoming. But you see, there are characteristical flaws in a man that never reveals themselves until that man attains some level of achievement in life, be it spiritual, physical, academic achievements. That is when you begin to see that there is more to your shortcomings than you've ever actually known. Why do I say this? Let us think about Judas. Was he he a Pharisee? Not necessarily the Bible doesn't say that he was a Pharisee, but he betrayed his master. What about Peter? The Bible does not say that he is a Pharisee or he was a Pharisee, but Peter denied his master three times. Uh, What about there was this episode of Ten lepers that came to Jesus Christ and he healed them and only one of them came back to give thanks and Jesus was worried as to where the remaining nine lepers went to. Think about those nine lepers. Were they Pharisees? No. They were non-entities in the society and yet they were capable of that. So imagine if they were part of the ruling party or if they were uh, uh, amongst the, the clique or the clans of the of the Pharisee. What about uh, 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 King Saul in the Bible? King Saul was the one who was the first person to ever prophesy in Israel. The first person to ever tap into that spiritual gift of prophesying, and he, he turned out very bad for him. Uh, at a particular level of achievement, it turned out so bad for so. What about David? If someone had told David that, uh, see, come, despite the fact that you are a sweet psalmist of Israel, you might someday kill someone and take the person's wife. I believe David would argue that, but it, 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 it turned out very bad for David himself. That's why I said that there are certain characteristical flaws in a man that never reveals themselves until that man attains a particular level of achievement, whether spiritual achievement or whether physical or academic achievement. And that is how we come to the to the to the teaching or to the lesson of who a Pharisee is. 
this man so so eloquent the, the custodian of the law of god he triumphed when it came to uh, matters of morals he, he uh, academic wise he was a very sound person and how is it that such a person uh, was that much an enemy to the cross of god there is something we need to learn about ourselves and that thing can only be taught to us through a pharisee and that is the reason for this lesson if we were to be spiritually successful in the way that the pharisee was spiritually successful if we have come to attain righteousness through the law in the way that the pharisee attained it if we were to have been academically successful in the way that the pharisee was academically successful i am inclined to believe that we ourselves would turn out to become as much an enemy of the cross of christ jesus as he was an enemy of the cross of christ jesus it is almost as though this is a stage that you must come to in your race towards the kingdom of god and not only would you have to come to it this is a stage that you must overcome the pharisaic stage of your spiritual race into the kingdom of god it is what you must overcome if ever you are to be you are to succeed in your race to the kingdom of god and you can understand why jesus in his in one of his dialogue with the pharisee the, the pharisee asked him what must i do to 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 enter into the kingdom of god and jesus See, you know the law and he said all those laws i have obeyed since i was young what more and jesus was saying one more thing you see he had come to a spiritual stage but he needed to to overcome that stage in order to 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 get into the kingdom of god and i believe that these conditions not only applies to him as a pharisee it applies to us as well like i said there is a lesson about ourselves that we must learn and it could only be taught to us through the the the, the story and the history of a pharisee and then the lord goes on to say in matthew chapter 5 verse 20 he says unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the pharisees you shall in no case see the kingdom of god uh, what a statement to make it's indeed an incredible statement to make uh, the, your, your righteousness for all god cares can exceed that of a roman it could exceed that of uh, a pagan or a buddhist it could exceed that of many other uh, factions or religious organizations but if he does not exceed that of a pharisee the lord does not care about it so a pharisee was indeed something so that is why i advise that we should not be quick as has been the tradition of the church to condemn that group of people without finding out if there is something there is to learn from them let us not for once deceive ourselves into thinking that christ was an easy person to get along with it's impossible for a man in his adamic nature to find jesus christ one such as spiritual as he is to to find him interesting speaking of jesus in first peter chapter 2 verse 8 the bible says he is a, a, a stumbling block that was placed amongst men a stone that curses men to fall 
So the, the, the Pharisee was placed in a very difficult situation because the law which he dedicated his life to serve, the righteousness which he labored to obtain through the works of the law, Christ came and handed it over freely to everybody else. And that's rather a, a painful experience. Christ would not even so much as recognize or for once celebrate the, the Pharisee. He, it's a very difficult situation that the Pharisee had come to see himself. Now he has to either submit to Christ or, or, or kick against him. And we ourselves in our Christian experience, we would at some point come to that place in our spiritual journey whereby all that we have come to achieve whether financially academically uh, 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 or even spiritually it will be demanded by christ and we would stand in the middle of the two options of either submitting to christ uh, submitting it to christ or, or kicking against him so that we could enjoy the praise of what we have become the applause of what we have achieved amongst men we, we without without recognizing without having to recognize what God thinks about us. A very good explanation to, a very good example to explain this is, I saw in the news in the United States, they are in the practice, students usually take loans from the government to go to school and then when they through with the school, they, they get a job and then they work and pay back the government. So I think there's a whole lot of people who have been in that circle of taking a loan from the government, going to school, get a job, and then, you know, you have to pay back the government. But now, this new administration came in and the president was going to forgive student loans. So, he, he, he was going to forgive everybody else who was yet to pay up their loans. So, imagine how bad those who have actually labored to pay their loans would feel especially let's say the one who finished paying just the day before the president made that announcement you see it's it's not a very interesting situation to be in so why make us labor to pay back when you know that you are going to forgive those loans in the end do you understand so that's the similar kind of position that the pharisee and the many custodians of the law then had found themselves they, they they labored to 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 be seen as the saints of that of the, that moment but you see christ christ brought a new kind of righteousness and the it did not that righteousness did not recognize their work it did not recognize their labor and they were just like any adami anyone born of adamic nature they weren't going to go through with that kind of righteousness and so I say again, there is a Pharisee in every one of us as much as they were in those days. And that Pharisaic attitude, that Pharisaic being is what we need to conquer in ourselves if we ever desire to see God in heaven. There is that part of our being that likes to eulogize, to honor and to recognize itself and itself alone beyond anything or anybody else. The, the Pharisee, according to Jesus, likes to, to show off. He wants to be recognized in the society. He wants to sit in a position of honor. He wants to be respected because of who he is. And uh, we, we, we cannot 
condemn them much because we are a people like that too seeing that we are people who likes to flaunt our own achievements too we, when you look at the doctors the lawyers the, the the pilots the engineers the the phd holders the professors these are people who wants to be respected for what they have become in the society and rightfully so because they actually labored so hard to attain such heights so it needs to be flaunted they they, they need to be they, they want to be a force to be reckoned with. This is, uh, this is a, a natural way in which we humans behave. So imagine if a human being with such a shortcoming acquires a spiritual privilege or a spiritual height, just like the Pharisee in those days. We would become or we would have acted exactly in the way that they too acted towards Christ Jesus. We would have been just an enemy of the cross as they themselves were an enemy of the cross in the time of Christ Jesus. We, we are people who are always seeking self-pride, self-celebration, self-respect, self-honor, self-worship, and self-gratification. Uh, and tragically, that self is what Christ demands from us as a Christian in exchange for his own righteousness. The, the, the question here is, are we willing to give it up? How did we even come about this question of self? Self was begotten in the Garden of Eden. It was the product of disobedience. The Bible there told us that, uh, and when they ate of the fruit, of the forbidden fruit, their eyes were open, they, and they saw that they were naked, and they were both ashamed. Now the question is, why were they ashamed? They'd been naked all their lives, and they did not have any problem with that. You see, you see up until that moment where they disobeyed God, what they considered to be their glory, their honor, and their pride was the beauty of the relationship and fellowship that they shared with God. So they couldn't care less whether or not they were naked. The, the, their concern was in the fellowship that they had with the Father. And so it was always all about God, 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 and nothing about themselves. But you see, the moment they disobeyed, the reverse was the case. Disobedience brought about self-awareness. So they started thinking very uh, much and more of themselves and very less or little about God. It was now always about their own uh, shame, their own covering. But what about God's own covering as well? It was about their own self-respect. What about God's own respect? What, what about God's own pride, the one whom you've just sold out to the devil? You would see that even at the point of judgment, it, was a, it, be, it became a blame game. The woman blamed the serpent. The man blamed the woman. The man even blamed God. So everyone was holy in their own sight. So that's self-righteousness. So this issue of self, this self is the epicenter of every every. Uh, moral degradation this self is the epicenter of our pride our envy our jealousy our faithlessness our unbelief our bitterness towards one another so the, the this self must not be allowed to attempt its own righteousness 
Should he even make such attempt towards righteousness? Such righteousness must never be accepted by God because such righteousness would come along with its with, with that bitterness. It would come along with that faithlessness. And that was that's what you were seeing in the life of the Pharisee. He never wanted to see anyone more righteous than he was. And despite all this, the Lord goes on to say, Unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisee, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of God. The question is, how do we exceed the Pharisee in righteousness? Do we have to become more hypocritical than he was? Do we have to flaunt ourselves more than he did? Uh, obviously, that answer is no. But we would, we would exceed in the way that Apostle Paul exceeded. And I'll, I'll take the reading from Philippians. Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Uh, the reading is from uh, verse 4. I'll read from verse 4 to 7. It says, Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if anyone else thinks he has reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. In regard to the law, I was a Pharisee. As for my zeal, I persecuted the church. As for legalistic righteousness, I was faultless and blameless in the sight of God. Now this is verse 7 where it gets interesting. It says, but whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ Jesus. Brethren, this is the success here. This is the tactics. This is the approach towards exceeding the Pharisee by counting all of our achievements, whether spiritual, physical, financial, academical achievement, by counting it loss, laying it down in exchange for what Christ has to offer. It means you no, you no longer have to see yourself or look at yourself through the mirror of those set of things that you have achieved by your own self or for your own self. You only ever have to look at yourself and see yourself through the mirror of what Christ has achieved for you. You only have to see yourself as what you have become in Christ Jesus through death and resurrection because when you once again look at yourself through through the mirrors of your own self achievement you would it would bring about self awareness once once again it would bring about self pride it would bring about uh, self honor and self worship uh, do you know who I am? Do you know who you're talking to? That's a statement that is very popular among uh, amongst uh, people in, in these days. So Christ is actually calling you to become nothing so that he can make us something. It's, it's death to self so that we can be alive to Christ Jesus. If any man wishes to become my disciple, he must carry his cross, deny himself, and follow me. Those were the words of, uh, those are the words of uh, Christ Jesus uh, to carry the cross. What do you think that's meant for? You are going to crucify yourself so that Christ can bring to life that which He has obtained for us 
through resurrection. And that's where we draw the curtains on this topic. Uh, thanks for uh, listening. Your questions and contributions are always welcome on the platform. Thank you very much and have a nice evening. <music>